There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Devraga Personal Finance, episode 118. And in this episode, we will explore the concept of dividend reinvestments in the form of DSSP which stands for Dividend Substitution Share Plans. They're also called Bonus Share Plans. Thank you to Jemima, who suggested this topic for a podcast. If you have any topics you want me to discuss, shoot me a Facebook message or tweet me at dev underscore raga. I'm also on LinkedIn. For those of you that are new to the channel, the aim is to educate. To be educated means to be financially literate, and that leads to empowerment, which is a second aim to be empowered so that you can take this knowledge to your credentialed financial advisor or accountant to be able to talk at a level that you can understand in. The third E is to be entertained. Just a disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a lawyer, nor am I a financial planner. Make sure you take any financial decisions you want to make to your appropriate advisors. If you're stuck on what to do, here are some basic steps to get you on the right track when it comes to saving, investing, and personal finance in general. In my humble view, there are five easy steps which anybody could follow. Step one is pay yourself first. Take 20% or at least 20% of your after-tax income and put it aside. That's your money. You are the most important person in your life. Step two is invest that money, ideally into something you understand or want to understand. For me, I just invest in index funds because I understand index funds. Step three is reinvest dividends. The power of compounding is absolutely phenomenal. Step four is you've got to do it for the long term. For me, long term is not five, seven, ten or even fifteen years. It's at least twenty, thirty, if not forty plus years. The longer you do it, the more beneficial it is for you. And step five is you've got to automate the investments wherever possible. Automation is the key, the most important part of it, in my humble opinion. If you follow these simple steps, you're more likely to have more money than you'll ever need. And remember, money is just a tool. It doesn't bring happiness. Use it as a tool to make your life a little bit better, but most importantly, the lives of people around you a lot better. Now to the main topic of DSSP. What is it? It stands for Dividend Substitution Share Plan. You'll hear me say this time and time again. That is to reinvest dividends. Now that can be done in a number of different ways. The first way is you can take the cash dividend and use it to invest it in another asset. The second way is you can tick the box where it says dividend reinvestments, whereby the dividends received are used to purchase more units in the ETF, index fund, or the same stock or pool of stocks from where the dividend arises from. Or the third option is you don't take the dividends, 
but ask the company to give you bonus shares such as dividend substitution share plans. I've discussed dividends in previous episodes. Episode 20, I've discussed frank dividends, which is very unique to Australia. Episode 31, I've discussed dividend investing strategy. In episode 65, I've talked about dividends versus distributions, the similarities and the differences. And in episode 102, I've discussed dividend reinvestment plans. Let's go into more detail about DSSPs and what makes them unique. Now, a DSSP plan is when companies pay you in their company shares rather than paying you a cash dividend. So how does it actually work? Let's use an example to highlight a dividend reinvestment first. Amy owns 100 shares of company XYZ. She bought each share at a dollar. The dividend yield is, say, 5%. So she should get $0.05 per share per annum. At the end of the year, Amy will get $0.05 multiplied by 100 shares, so she should get $5 in dividend. Now, Amy has three options. Receive the $5 into her own bank account, then spend it on whatever she wants. The second option is receive $5 into a bank account or cash account in her brokerage and use that to purchase other stock. And step possible three is tick that DRP box in the share registry so it automatically reinvests the $5 into the same company or ETF. But some companies may offer a DSSP plan or bonus share plan. And this is Amy's fourth option. This is when, rather than receiving any cash dividend, the company offers Amy five shares of company XYZ. This happens automatically. Amy is choosing to forfeit her dividend in the form of cash dividends and instead wants to substitute that with company XYZ shares. Now, do all companies offer DSSPs? And the answer is no, not all companies offer this. It seems to be more common amongst LICs or listed investment companies, such as AFIC, Australian Foundation Investment Company, or Whitefield. If you're interested in the ATO ruling on this, just Google ATO ruling AFIC DSSP and you'll see some very informative ATO articles on this topic. Before we go further, it's really important what implications it has if Amy chose to receive the dividends. Now remember, Amy can choose to receive the $5 dividend. And this dividend, by definition, is the company paying a portion of their after-tax profits to the individual shareholder. This means the company has already paid 30% prior to issuing out this dividend. And sometimes, when they pay the dividend, they also attach what's called a franking credit. Episode 20 goes into this in a lot more detail. Now, why is this important? It's important because Amy's marginal tax rate. So let's use an example on how franking dividends works before we talk about how DSSP can work. So Amy receives a, let's say, a fully franked dividend of $700 from company XYZ with a franking credit attached to it worth $300. Why is this so? This is because company XYZ 
has paid 30% flat tax on its profits. So the real dividend before tax was meant to be $1,000 straight to Amy, but she only received 700 bucks. Now suppose Amy's tax rate is 15%, this means she has indirectly paid 30% tax on her dividend. This is unfair to Amy. So in her tax return, she declares she actually receives a dividend of $1,000, of which she should only pay 15% tax. So she should have only paid $150 in tax on that dividend had the company not paid tax on 30% of their profits. So this is where the franking credit attachment to the dividend comes in. Amy can say to the ATO, look, I would have only paid $150 in tax on the grossed up dividend, but now I've paid $300 on it, that is, the company paid it for me, but my tax rate is only meant to be 15%. So can you please refund me the extra $150 in tax, which should really be in my pocket? That is, Amy's tax rate is 15%, but the company's tax rate is 30%, which is flat tax. So Amy uses that credit against her tax liabilities. Now, how does it work then if Amy's tax rate is 45%? Amy would apply the tax credit of $300 towards any tax liability she would have had. So a 45% tax liability for a grossed up $1,000 dividend would be $450. Amy has received the $300 tax credit. So she applies that to the $450 tax liability and now only has to pay $150 in extra tax. In both scenarios, all Amy is doing is using the tax credits to offset against any tax liabilities. And in some circumstances, her tax credits works out to be more than her tax liabilities. Now, suppose Amy decides she wants a DSSP instead of a dividend reinvestment plan. How will this work? Amy won't be receiving any dividends at all in terms of cash. Amy won't be able to access the tax credits associated with any dividends. Remember, she doesn't receive any actual income or dividends. Instead, Amy gets shares as a substitute. Therefore, in her tax return, the shares received don't need to be declared as income. To use an analogy, it's a bit like you receive a birthday present. If suddenly the ATO said every child would need to pay 30% tax on all birthday monies received, but if they don't receive it as money but receive it as a gift card, then no tax is payable. Guess what all the kids will do? They will prefer gift cards, rare. So, is there a catch? Notice in dividend reinvestment plans, you still pay the tax based on what your marginal tax rate is. So if your tax rate is greater than 30%, that is, greater than the company tax rate, then you'll end up paying the difference. That is, if your tax rate is 40%, you will end up paying the difference of 10% in additional tax. If your tax rate is less than 30%, then you may receive a tax refund. I.e., if your tax rate is 20%, then you will receive a 10% back as a refund. There is a catch with DSSP in the sense that you don't pay tax as you receive the shares, but you will pay tax when you sell the shares as part of the capital gains tax process. I discussed the concept of capital gains tax in episode 64. 
So let's use an example to discuss this subconcept. Amy owns company XYZ stock. She has 100 shares worth $10,000. Each share is therefore worth $100. This is her cost basis. She elects into the company's DSSP plan. At the end of the year, she receives a 5% dividend, which equates to around $500, which therefore equates to five extra shares. Therefore, now she gets given five extra shares in addition to her underlying 100 shares that she's already owned. So now she owns a total of 105 shares. If she sells those five shares, does this mean she will need to pay capital gains tax on the whole profit? That means her profit was $500 on those shares because she received them for free. She will get a 50% discount on that if she owned the shares for greater than 12 months. And with that 50% discount, her capital gains tax will be based on a profit of $250. Is this correct? And the answer is no, this is incorrect. This is because the cost base for her DSSB shares is assumed to be $0 in this particular example, and this is not how it works. Even though she got the shares for free based on the DSSP rules, her cost base will be the average of all of her shares. So let's use the same example to highlight this point. After the DSSP, Amy now owns 105 shares. Amy only paid $10,000 to acquire the initial 100 shares, given the extra five shares received as part of the DSSP was actually free. So the per share cost base is $10,000 divided by 105, not 100. Therefore, the cost base for her shares is $95.23. So if the share price goes up to $110, Amy's capital gains on those DSSB shares will be $110 minus $95.23, which is around $14.77 per share. Therefore, her total capital gains is only going to be $73.85. That is, for the five shares, each share has a capital gain of $14.77. Multiply by five is only $73.85. Apply the 50% capital gains discount, if she owns it for greater than 12 months, then the capital gains only becomes $36.92. If Amy's tax rate was 45%, she will only pay a capital gains tax of $16.61 if she sold those DSSB shares. Many people think that if they enrolled in a DSSB, their shares which they receive for free still has a cost base of original share price, and that's actually not true. So the key points are dividends are still taxed, but if they're franked, they have a tax credit attached to them. DSSPs, on the other hand, are still taxed, but not at the time the shares are received, but at the time they're sold. This brings me to the critical point. If your tax rate is less than 30%, then it kind of makes sense to DRP. If it's greater than 30%, it may make more sense to DSSP. And you need to check with your financial advisor or tax professional for your specific taxation purpose. Now, DSSPs are not offered by all of the companies, so you need to be wary of that. 
And if you've never intend to sell your portfolio, then DSSB may be the right decision for you. Remember, you can always switch between dividend reinvestment plans or DSSPs at any time, just need to inform the company offering it. And also need to remember, you can't access the franking credits if you chose the DSSP option. Now, is it always one or the other? And the answer is absolutely not. You need to work out what is right for you and it can change over time based on your income and taxation strategy. The strategy here may be that you're a high income earner, so you have a higher tax bracket at the present time. You elect to participate in the DSSB strategy. But when you get closer to retirement, you want to work less, so your tax rate is lower, which means you may want to convert to DRP strategy or even sell some shares and only pay a lower CGT on it because CGT rates are same as your income tax rates. Now, there are several strategies you can employ to reduce the taxation legally. This is just called tax planning or tax efficiency. So, in summary, using DSSB eliminates your present tax burden because you never see the light of dividends. Hence, miss out on the franking credits. But it may increase your tax burden at the time of selling your shares because the unrealised capital gains is baked into it over the long term. Is there a situation where you may be earning a high income and think DSSB is good, but it turns out to be a bad decision? And the answer is yes. Remember, with DSSB, capital gains tax is still payable. If you're a high income earner, but suddenly you have external pressures which force you to sell your shares, which offer DSSP, and you've opted into it, then you will be liable for the capital gains tax given your high income and high tax rate. There is one other thing which we need to discuss, and that is for some LICs, a DSSP does not entail a discount on the LIC capital gain. What does that mean? When an LIC or listed investment company pays a dividend, some of that dividend may have a capital gain attributed to it. This capital gain can be deducted as an income tax deduction on the individual tax returns. But if you elect to enrol in a DSSP, you won't be able to claim it as a tax deduction because remember, you never got that dividend. Let's use an example to highlight this point. Ben owns company XYZ stock which is an LIC. For the 2020 financial year, he received a fully franked dividend of $700. The attributable capital gain part of that dividend was $500. So Ben would include the following in his tax return. Frank dividends of $700, franking credits of $300, total dividend grossed up of $1,000, LIC capital gains of 50% discount, $250, that is 50% of $500 capital gain attributable as part of a dividend. So the total taxable income then becomes $1,000 minus $250, which is $750. Now, if Ben enrolled into the DSSP, that capital gain 50% discount attributable to the dividend will not apply. But then again, there is no dividends. So that won't be taxed either. And of course... Ben won't get any franking credits either. That's about it for this episode. Make sure you learn about DSSP and see if it's right for you. It's not right for everyone and it's not right for every single circumstance. 
I don't have this option as my index fund doesn't offer a DSSP because it's a trust structure and not an individual company structure. Index funds are unit-based and not share-based. Remember to leave a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you may be using and leave a five-star rating on all platforms if you really wish. That's even better. And please leave a positive review. And in that theme, here's a review I found on Apple Podcasts from Ian ZY Zoe, who says, Thank you, Dev, for everything you've provided. This is a must-listen for all the young graduates especially graduates with no financial background like myself. Life-changing information. Now, thank you very much, Ian, for your feedback. The more ratings and reviews you leave, the more people get access to the podcast, so please keep them coming. Now, remember to like the Devraga Facebook page and shout out to comments, questions, and topic suggestions. And thank you very much to Jemima, who suggested this particular topic. Share this channel with family and friends, Apple Podcast, Anchor, CastBox, Spotify, Google, and all the major podcasting platforms. Or you can listen to it directly on devraga.com. Remember, always pay yourself first. Take 20% of your after-tax income and put it aside. That is your money because you're the most important person in your life. Learn about DSSP as an alternative to dividends and DRPs. This is Devraga Personal Finance, episode 118. And as always, please make sure you stay safe. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.